Once Sullivan dropped out of the plane, there was no turning back, obviously. No, put me back on the plane. <laughs> there was getting me down faster. <laughs> she was free no turning back. back everyone to the podcast i am john that is tom with us it is a monday morning here in corpus christi it's probably at least wednesday by the time you hear this we are glad to share this time with you back at it again it's just the two of us just like the song says but that's okay the other two are the two comrades they're out doing important ministry and life stuff and we're here because we believe in the power of the podcast, Tom, would you agree? Yeah, we that? believe in the power of the podcast, and uh, right now, uh, you know, our parental situations are very different from uh, Brad and uh, Wade. Uh, they they have uh, have uh, situations with parents that are that are much more. What would you call it? Demanding. Yeah, I guess I was thinking the word pressing, but yeah, yeah, pressing, yeah. pressing than, yeah. than we do. So, so um, we're here and uh, had a good weekend of worship. I think I had a good time. I had to do some traveling real quick. We had a family funeral in the Galveston area, so we were on the road quite a bit. It's always good to see family, um, but you hate for that reason. But that's just kind of how it goes sometimes. But then I had a great uh, day of Mother's Day yesterday. Um, I had to be the one to be the bearer of bad news that we aren't there to celebrate first and foremost mothers we're there to celebrate the risen lord and as a part of that got, you got at least got at least one boo i got a boo when i said it man i got a boo and i think i usually yeah. do but um but we are there to worship the risen lord and as we do that we can thank god for people that are special to us so here we are now and uh, tom that's been my weekend how was your weekend bro my weekend was wonderful um you know, Facebook, uh, Facebook, I, I had taken some pictures at the ballpark of all, all places. I also took pictures of faucets in my bathroom and stuff. And, and, uh, and uh, I don't know how Facebook does it, but they, you know, I, I go to Facebook this morning and I forget why, but uh, anyway, there's all those pictures and they go, you know, let Facebook tell your story. And I go, well, that reminds me of how fun that was. That too. That too. Oh, uh, I, how do you work in uh, people at the ballpark and your uh, your shower faucet? Uh, it's a strange, strange world. Man. Yeah, yeah. You do all things if you really want to. So, uh, anyway, so I got a couple stories for you, Tom. We haven't had a story in a, in a few weeks. Or no, no, yeah. <laughs> So now you're going to find a theme here. It's only two stories, all right? And uh, the theme is one involves an 83-year-old woman. One okay. involves a 100-year-old woman. Which one do you want to hear first? Well, let's go with 83 because, uh, you know, in counting up, uh, we start with 83. All right. Chronological order. All right. So an 83-year-old woman was arrested for a Waverly bank robbery. Waverly, New York, which I've never been. A Waverly woman has been arrested for allegedly robbing the village's something canal trust company location Friday afternoon. What'd you do on your Friday afternoon, Tom? Well, Friday afternoon, you know, the hooks are in town, so you can kind of guess what I did on my Friday afternoon. A likely alibi from Mr. Baseball back there, but uh, Edna, I won't say the rest of her name, 83 was arrested 
to the bank at the bank around 10:30 a.m. when the bank alarm was reported um, going off. She had just left the bank and was later located walking on Pennsylvania Avenue. 83-year-old allegedly robs a okay, bank. Okay, just a minute. So have we just gone to Monopoly? And was it Monopoly money? So, <laughs> Well, not even a getaway car, Tom. You, you would think after 83 years. Did she have a walker? Yeah, you would think, you know, I'm 83. I've had time to plan this out. I might need a better getaway plan than to go walking down the street after I robbed the bank. Living in with the crowd. Maybe so. Maybe, right? Maybe there's a lot of other old. It was her blue hair that gave it away. <laughs> uh, okay. So that's the 83 year old. Um, that's it. That, yeah. that almost sounds like there's got to be a punchline. It's going to say, did she, you know, and then, then you come to find out, oh, they, it was a case of mistaken identity. No, I mean, it, <laughs> see, it's still ongoing, investigating, investigation, still ongoing. But uh, at this time, she's the one, man. I mean, I don't know what else you want to hear from her. You want to hear her story. You want to hear yeah, her Yeah, I want to I'm 83 year old. Okay, so let's go on to the 100-year-old. The 100-year-old. So if the 83-year-old robbed a bank, what do you think the 100-year-old did? Well, the hundred-year-old had seventeen years more experience and got away with it. <laughs> That's right. All right, so here we go. A Florida World War II veteran nurse celebrates her one hundredth birthday by jumping out of a plane. Well, that sounds like uh, former pr President Bush. Uh, How old was he? He was, I think, in his nineties. I think he was right? ninety when he did that. Well, her name is uh, Miss Sullivan, and she wanted to celebrate her birthday by jumping out of an airplane 10,000 feet in the air, skydiving for the very first time. I had never done it, she says, and I've done a lot of things in 100 years. <laughs> right? 100, yeah. Uh, she first told her family a few years yep. back, she said, I must, I must do it while I can. Nobody believed that she would do it. They were all skeptical, but uh, last Monday, she proved them all wrong. She's got videos. She was snapping photos. Family were cheering her on. It's all over Facebook. So uh, let's see. Once Sullivan dropped out of the plane, there was no turning back, obviously. No, put me back on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> there was getting me down faster. <laughs> she was free no turning back. Free falling and going at a speed of approximately 120 miles per hour, dropping 200 feet per second, all while attached oh, to her wow. instructor. So mother of four, described as the matriarch, of course, uh, six grandchildren, yeah. 10 great grandchildren and two great grandchildren or two great, great, I guess, grandchildren. So good for her. You know, I don't even think I would do that at 44, man, like much less 100. But you know, uh, Good for her. Uh, on uh, Instagram, I have a friend from from Jordan, uh, and uh, I think he's in Turkey or something. Anyway, uh, he uh, he skydived, skydove, uh, and and it. I don't know when he did it, but it showed up on, on his uh, on his account uh, just past week, and and uh, <laughs> you know, I'm watching that. And I'm going. 
I might enjoy that. But uh, he happened to be like over uh, over uh, some blue water is obviously like the Mediterranean or something like that. And it was just a lot of green uh, where the land was. And, the, and, and, and but he he had such a delightful scream. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Well, she, yeah. she's a hundred. So if you want to do it when you're a hundred, you got a couple more years to plan. Yeah. I've got, it's, uh, My daughter actually, just went paragliding. Isn't quite the same thing, but same concept. And I still oh, find that the, kind of like, the, wow. With a uh, boat attached to a boat. No, I mean, she's, uh, she's attached to a, somebody behind her and they're just going through. They wouldn't attach to anything. Just uh, going down so she she enjoyed that and she had that kind of exciting look excited look on her face so uh maybe but even that that's different than that's different than jumping out of a plane so um good for her man yeah yeah yeah, yeah well i was thinking when you hear that story you go man i want to i want to every decade be able to celebrate like she celebrated at 100 so mm-hmm. I'm going to jump out of a taco buffet when I turn 50. That's about all I can do. <laughs> so it just seems to me, Tom, and I don't want to say that I don't know these ladies, the 100-year-old who jumped out of the plane or the 83-year-old who allegedly robbed a bank, but it just seems to me that as you get older, you have some choices you need to make about your life, about what you will become what you will do with your life, right? And of course, you and I and the other guys, when they're here with us, we, we center our conversations on, on faith and uh, work in the church and what it means to walk with God and all things related to that. So it got me uh, wondering about the question about, um, so, you know, we encourage people to, you know, come to church gatherings on Sundays. We encourage people to to learn how to pray, to learn how to read scripture, to learn the importance of service, servanthood. Uh, we talk about learning to give. We talk about all these things that we say are a part of our walk with God in the, in the life we have. But sometimes I feel like uh, people may just sort of hear those things and just, well, these are just things we do. Yeah. Um, and not really giving much account into what these things help us to become. And so I have the question before me, what are we becoming? And I wanted to see if you could help me have a conversation, Tom, because if I had a conversation by myself on here, that'd be kind of weird. Not sure how many people would listen. So if you could help me sort of. I would definitely tune in for at least uh, a couple of minutes to see how you pull it off. So. I'm going to hold you to that. I'm going to hold you to yeah. that. So as we encourage people, invite people even into the life of the church, life of faith with God. Tom, what are we encouraging, inviting, asking them to become along the way? Well, you know, the, the short answer is we, we're inviting them to become more like Jesus. I mean, and, uh, you know, when, it, when I think of all, all the things we're talking about is, uh, is uh, first of all, I absolutely adore Jesus. And I want, you know, the bottom line is I want people to come and, uh, and experience his life. I, you know, as, uh, you know, you were, I happen to be in the book of John right now, uh, and you preach, uh, have been recently preaching out of the book of John. And, 
And in in John, uh, John, there's this, uh, yeah, early on, there is, and you used the word yesterday, he's, you know, he's encircled Mm -hmm. by religious leaders. Uh, And they're not there to, to say, we love you, we adore you, we think you're the best. They're there to catch him uh, and ensnare him in something he says or does that'll right. get him killed. They want, I mean, that's the bottom line. They want to kill him. And it's, yeah, you know, you read the gospel of John and it's all about uh, the, the religious folks um, being the primary antagonists against the ministry and the very life and livelihood of Jesus. Right. Um, but anyway, coming back to that, but the other thing about the scriptures is they, they invite us more than ever uh, it, to, to see the character of God. And then in, in the New Testament, to see the character of God in the person of Jesus. And, and, and it invites us uh, through two simple words, follow me, to do what? To spend time with me, to know me. And, and to allow my life to change your life so that you are more like me. And so that, you know, that's what I know we're, we're becoming. We're not becoming prayer warriors. We're not becoming uh, evangelists uh, to, uh, to get as many people in the, you know, kind of, you know, my job is to, to uh, uh, people, uh, treat people like money and get more in the bank or, you know, send more to heaven, that kind of thing. We're here to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And in that relationship, we begin, we spend more time in prayer. We spend more time in the gospels or in scripture. And we spend more time. We're more generous. We're absolutely more generous. And, uh, you know, I just, that's my answer. Uh, so it and reminds what do you me like- think? Well, as you're talking, it reminds me like of a, of a couple, right, that's been together for a while and the whole thing about finishing each other's sentences and knowing what they're thinking without even saying a word. I mean, that happens over years and years of nurturing this relationship. It seems to me that's what you're talking about, right? You're, if, you, if you learn more about yeah, Jesus, yeah. you're learning to you know, have this fellowship as a churchy word, you say, but, but it's having this, you know, growing in this uh, relationship with Jesus. You begin to have that kind of approach where you're learning more what's important to him. And so those things become important to you. You see how he responds. And so that becomes part of uh, your response as well. Uh, I've, I've been reading, I'm almost done with a, a book called the, um, the Patient Ferment of the Early Church. And uh, I've written a little bit the about patient it. patient what? Ferment. Like fermentation. Oh, like, uh, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. And so the premise of the book is, you know, the, the, yeah. the early church, they didn't rely on evangelism. They weren't out there preaching the word. Matter of fact, uh, Christian worship was kind of exclusive, not kind of, it was exclusive. You didn't just let everybody in, right? And that was on purpose. Um, it was hidden. Right, right. Yeah. And so, and part of that was, you know, no, this is something we do after we've, you know, learned together the importance of what this is. And so even though they weren't, proclaiming their message in the rooftops and, and finding ways to invite people to their worship gatherings, the church is, is growing. And part of the reason why they're growing is they're, they're essentially their witness, right? And one of the lines I just underlined is yeah. the pagans who are being attracted to the, to the 
Christian church, they're not by and large responding to the writings that there are. They're not responding to the message being proclaimed. They're responding to the lives that they see that are now transformed, right? So you had people who yeah, yeah. were living one way and through these encounters with Jesus, now they live a different way. They're transformed. And it's that witness that the outside world saw and was most attracted to. And then how you live that out as a church family and church body, that became a, a sort of magnet for so many other people who were just sort of tired of the way everything else uh, worked in the world. So that just reminds me that, yeah, it's not about getting people to church. It's not about, you made the comment and I'll be, I'm a cynic that way myself, that it's not about you know, getting pe more people so that we can increase our church budget, uh, essentially using people. That's all nonsense that some churches have done, church leaders have done a lot of over the years, many years. It's, it's about learning together how we, um, grow, not just in our understanding of Jesus, but also in our becoming more like him. And like you're saying, um, his life yeah. is so yeah, wonderful. We want to imitate it. Yeah. It's enlarging our love for, for God and God things. Uh, and that's great. That's a great way to say, you it. know, um, and I, you know, I was thinking about, you know, cause that raises, uh, one of the questions and, uh, uh, there, are, there are places that I feel close to God, and it's not necessarily yet within the confine of a church building. Uh, sure. That you know, there's there's moments where where you know uh, I experience just you know being out in the in the world of God, and this is true. Um, I I I, but well, I want to come back to I'm circling back to so. So why, why should I meet with uh, meet on a Sunday morning in a in a a, a building uh, to to sing some songs and read read or, or uh, uh, pray with other people or hear uh, other people's prayers? You know why should I do that? And and I was thinking one of the things that that happens and at least it should happen. Uh, for example, recently here in, in Corpus, uh, one is one of the, uh, you know, we're the breezy city by the sea. That's one of the Corpus Christi uh, descriptions. Another is, uh, is the birdiest city in America, right. meaning uh, this is an area where we see more birds than anywhere else in the United States. And And there's uh, the birdie, and and it's interesting. First of all, I have an interest in in birds and bird watching and and all that. Birdiest festival. Two things happen. One is I get more excited. Uh, about what I'm doing. I'm going, oh, there's things that in a, in a faster, more enjoyable way than I would on my own. And so I think of that with, with church. Um, am I cutting in and out? A little bit for me. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, well, I noticed that you kind of, you're there and then you're there and then you're there. So, oh man. I was just trying to, uh, fake like I was paying attention. It didn't work. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, but it, it it also said unstable, and it wasn't talking about me. It was talking about my uns, uh, my internet. But. <laughs> but to your point, though, there's there's a the sense of growth in community. That's kind of that's what you're getting. Yeah, it it it, it you know if you are around people who love Jesus, it uh, it 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 helps fuel the your own fire and passion, and you learn uh, together things you wouldn't learn alone. That's true. That's a great point right there. You know, it, that doesn't, a lot of times I feel like um, uh, people think I'm trying to discredit, you know, personal devotion and the time you spend in you know, your own you know, house praying, but with yourself, you know, all that kind of, no, that's great. But that informs what you do as the larger community and how you're, how growing, you're growing together more like Jesus. Right. And, and you need both of those. That's the reality. Yeah. But you're, the way you yeah. just said is exactly right. You're going to learn things in the community that you probably wouldn't be um, so keen to learn if you're just, you know, you stay by yourself. So uh, I don't know where I read it or heard it. I don't remember. It's like it's been on my mind a while, uh, wherever I did. Uh, somebody used the analogy of, you know, you send your kid to a, a four year university, you know, you, you expect something different after that four years, right? You expect that that education process will sort of uh, train their thinking, retrain their thinking, or sort of open their understandings about different aspects of, of work and culture or whatever else they're studying. You expect that there's this thing that happens. And a lot of times, I don't know that we have that expectation uh, of, of us in the church that, you know, just because we've been in church forever now, uh, I've been a part of the church for probably about 25 years now. Um, but just because you've been in the church for a number of years, just because you're older, that that doesn't that doesn't make you mature. That doesn't make you more like Jesus in and of itself. There is this there is this um, um, work that we do with God, I think, with the Holy Spirit that that brings us to that point of, of maturing. I, at one point, Paul tells who did, I forget which church he tells him, you know, you should be teachers by now. Right. Um, in other words, you should be growing in a way that you are the ones that are sharing with others, but you're just kind of sort of sitting around, right? And so I feel like if we can help people have a better sense of, you know, why do we listen to the sermon? It's not just to hear a, a presentation. It's not even just to learn something new about the Bible. It's so that we can take that, whatever that next step is, and becoming more like more like our Lord, more like Jesus. Um, and to me, when, when I understood that, it helped me make better sense of the time together, both um, on this side of the pulpit and on the other side. You know, I was trying to yeah, yeah. what it's like to be, to remember what it's like to, to hear and to participate and not just to lead uh, worship and teaching and, and things like that. So um, what else, Tom? Well, you know, kind of coming back to, you know, that's a, a key element of my of my faith is is that I'm a part of a community that that is is working out what it is to be in relationship with God, because uh, it is it is definitely not, uh, uh, you know, is uh, religion is personal, but not private. Uh, uh, and definitely the Christian faith is personal, but not private, meaning it is about having a, a, a real and connected relationship with a living God 
through a living savior, uh, but within, within the context of also being within what, you know, has been termed the family of God or the body of Christ or, and, and that means, you know, um, that, that I find out so much about myself and my relationship with Christ through my relationship with uh, sisters and brothers in Christ uh, and, and uh, the influence, you know, whatever language you, is your native uh, uh, language, it's not, it's not because you love, say, you loved English more than Spanish or Spanish more than Russian, or you can go through uh, any of the, the reason you, you have a language that is natural, that comes natural to you is because you've been in a relationship with people who spoke that language. Mm. And through that, then, you know, then it became, uh, you know, it is a part of who you are. But on your own, if you had been living in isolation, you wouldn't be speaking any language except, you know, grunts and groans or whatever. Right. Uh, and that's why I say, you know, uh, my faith is, is deeply influenced by the people who were uh, around me. Um, you know, I'm not, you know, I am Methodist. I've thought through and, and uh, and process my own faith journey, and I'm I'm Methodist, United Methodist, uh, and, and I've thought about it, and I've remained United Methodist. But my initial journey started as a Methodist because I was born into a family where my parents went to a Methodist church, and uh, and and I you know I I truly value. Uh, uh, other denominations uh, and and Christian faiths, uh, I, I I learn from them, but my my native language is Methodist. That's a great way to, th to think about it, um, because your language, you know, you know, separate from faith talk, but you know, your language period helps you see the world, helps you. Um, yeah, absolutely. Understand what you process in the world. You, you give voice and you give name to things you see. And so if you, if you do connect that then to the life of faith, the language we share with each other. So as Wesleyans, as Methodists, you know, we talk about, you know, different aspects of grace. That's we're, we're talking in language that helps us in our understanding of, of how we experience God. And of course, to the, to the point you made earlier, all of that uh, brings us along into how we are growing more, more like Jesus. That's, that's the point, right? What are we becoming? Well, we're, we're looking to become more like Jesus. So I like to encourage my congregations, you know, often, you know, time to time, just, just kind of take stock of your life right now, right? Like, you know, all these things we talk about that are important, prayer, giving, you know, Bible reading, all those kinds of things, um, you know, just kind of, where are you, right? And then, like, look back and like, where have you come, right? Are you still praying the same prayer when you wake up that you did 20 years ago? And that's kind of the bulk of your prayer life still? Well, maybe that's, maybe that's a sign that, you know, we need to sort of deepen um, our sense of prayer and things like that. Giving, same thing, or, or how we see servanthood and all those kinds of things. There's a sense that we're growing, but we're growing into something. We're not just you know, these aren't just exercise. These aren't just practices. These are these are spiritual exercises that 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 grow. Um, not just our faith, but our sense of discipleship and becoming more 
of who we are. What was that quote by, I can't remember who it was. Um, I'm, not, I'm not what I wanna be. I'm not what I should be, but by the grace of God, I'm not what I used to be, something like that. Um, I need to look that up. But to I, me, it's a, I was gonna say, you'll have to look it up and uh, I may have heard it, but it didn't stick. So I, this is either the first time I've heard it or it's uh, the first time I remember hearing. To me, this is a great testimony about that, about this sense of you know growing, not just in faith, but also in, in, you know, in, our, in our likeness of, of Jesus. And I'll, we haven't even talked about sort of you know, the, the you know, image of God stuff, right? That, that part of rediscovering the image of God within us, that's, that's all a part of this, right? So it's not just, you know, I yeah. learned a lesson about the Bible, I, I learned another story. It's like, how does all of this help us together, even as church, because a church needs to, you know, if, if I'm a good witness and you're a good witness, but we're a part of a church that is a horrible witness, well, <laughs> there's still something missing, right? So a, a church can be a whole, uh, witness and so this is um, a part but we need to I don't know I, there's a line I guess but we need to find this line of the expectations we have of each other right that uh, you know, we're all growing together and, and we need to uh, we need to make sure we're encouraging uh, each other so um, you know if you're 83 year old if you're an 83 year old Robin Banks you know maybe we need to talk about becoming more like Jesus um, maybe she had a Jesus <laughs> I don't know I don't know what Jesus reason would be, um, but, uh, or if you're a hundred, you're flying out of planes, you know, that, that's fine, I guess. But uh, there's a sense that we, we need to kind of think about where we are going. That's, that's what I want people to think about this week. Where are we going and what are we becoming? Hopefully, like you said before, Tom, we are becoming more like Jesus. All right. Uh, any final thoughts, Tom, before we get out of here? Uh, one final thought, and this is about giving, is, uh, is, you know, if you get into the practice of setting aside money and saying it's, you know, that's, that's God's money, you know, uh, for most of us, we call it a tithe, taking out uh, a tenth of every paycheck. And, and I said, here's one of the delightful things is when, there, when there's money there and it's God's money and, uh, and you're going to, and, and you're, Yes, you're you're asked to give something and you go, oh, God will be happy to do that. He's got money to do it. And it's, you write the check. You get to write the check. That's it, man. God is the one who's given. Amen to that. Amen to that. All right, Tom. Well, I appreciate that. Um, I hope that gives us something to chew on a little bit. Uh, I was going to talk about, did you hear about the lady who bought the statue from Goodwill? Oh, yeah. 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 But I uh, in, I Austin, in Austin, and I heard it. I heard it from my Wisconsin friend, and she had to. She she said, you know, did it on Facebook, and she or saw it on Facebook, and then she did one of those Tom Neal Tarver, and did you see this? So that it, you know, it comes. And uh, I didn't connect the dots because you know I was just reading. Okay, Goodwill, San Antonio. And she's sending it because. It's Goodwill in Austin, and it's a museum in in, in San Antonio. Mm -hmm. And she was kind of like, Tom, it's San Antonio. Oh, thanks, Mary, for <laughs> connecting the dots. So I, I couldn't make the connection for our conversation today, but maybe next week we'll kind of let's uh, marinate on that over the week, and maybe there's maybe there's something we can pull out of that story for our next yeah. talk together. How about that, Tom? So and, and if you go thrift store great. shopping this week. 
you know, pay attention. You might be buying an ancient artifact. All right. All right, Tom, thank you for the gift of your time. Always good to hear from you, brother. Hope you all have a good rest of the week. Thanks for tuning in. Be like Jesus. If you're not like him right now, just know you are becoming like him. Amen. And Amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you next week. Tom, let's go fix our internet. Okay. God be with you. God bless. Thanks, John.